You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast. My name is Michael Butner, and we are coming to you live from your minor surf club where there is a hype of activity down here at the moment. We have got the Surfing with Disabilities. Uh, we were here last year with the great Steve Allen. Uh, and joining me, as per usual, my partner in crime, Gary the Guru, uh, Burke and Shaw. Burko, welcome to the program, mate. And uh, what a great day it is down here at the Minor Surf Club. Yeah, good morning, Butte. Beautiful day down here. And this is, I reckon, of all the shows we do, Butte, from, you know, we go to a lot of fantastic venues. I reckon this is one of my favourites, one of my favourite days. And the smile on the dial event of the Surfing Disabled and... Uh, you leave this event with, with, a, with a real good feeling about it. Yeah, you feel good. And, uh, look, I'm really excited to, to wait for the, uh, the surface to hit the waters because it's, uh, it's very exciting. Sometimes life's all about perspective, and I think this certainly uh, puts life into perspective. We've got 60 surfers down here, all with some sort of disability, uh, 200 volunteers. And I've got to say, it is a sight to see when... Uh, they create a channel, and we'll talk to Pauline Meniscus, who uh, has been involved in this for the last 19 years. The Surfers with Disabilities has been going for 19 years now. Uh, the last couple of years has been here at the Yamina Surf Club. They've also done it at Tuwoon Bay, but uh, they find this venue to be the best. Uh, but they create, the volunteers create a little channel in which the surfers get to go down. So in the event that they do fall off, they are fully supported straight away, but um, you know, the joy and the ecstasy on the faces of these young surfers who um, get the opportunity and, and wouldn't get the opportunity, sorry, to do this on a regular basis, but to, to have that chance to, you know, feel or have that feeling, that rush, that excitement of what it is to, you know, jump on a surfboard and whether it's just being pushed along uh, and being dragged by the wave into the uh, shore or if they're capable to be able to at least try to stand up. Yeah. You know, there's not too many uh, better things than that, I've got to say. And that's, that's the beauty of being in Australia here. You, you know, the life-saving fraternity is so good. I've spoken to a few volunteers here this morning, Buttes, and you know, they, you know, they come from far and wide and, and the joy that they get out of it. And, uh, you know, they, they mention it's one event they go to that when they come here once, they just have to keep coming year after year and to get 200 volunteers in this day and age yep. is, is phenomenal and full credit to the surf life-saving, not only your minor, but all across the coast and uh, the job they do, but to give the joy and probably, you know, you'd, you'd argue that 10 or been going 19 years, but before this started, say 20 years ago, you know, people with a disability, probably one thing they didn't think they'd ever be able to do. Yeah. And to see that now, it's, it's, it's amazing. And they've... You just talked to them. They've now branched out into other um, other disabilities as well. Now getting in on the same. The, the, the Guide Dogs Association, they do a paddleboarding one apparently just down around Etalong around there. So it's amazing. Really, really good day. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, it's one of my favourite ones for the year. And great to see so many volunteers out here. Not only that are going to get in the water, but those are going to do admin, those that are on the barbecue. And I did get a... Uh, a shout-out to young Matt, who's behind the barbecue there, who mentioned that he might be able to give us a couple of samples at some stage today, which I won't be disappointed about. I'm going to have to challenge Simon, though, our, our producer here. He's, he set it up way too close to the barbecue. Like, <laughs> oh, he's really, like, he's yeah, just teasing us. How are we supposed to do a show? We've got the waft of the barbecue coming across. But well done again, Simon. Fantastic job. Great to have you here. But no, really looking forward to the show, Butes. Mate, we've got plenty to talk about. Um, I can't believe we're going to start with Test Cricket because it's over in New Zealand and uh, I know it's Feb... Oh, sorry, it's March now. Yeah. 
So we're well and truly into footy season, and uh, we will touch on that shortly. But uh, the Aussies playing in a test series against New Zealand. They dominated the, the T20 series. Uh, but Cameron Green, our new number four batsman, what a uh, performance from him. Uh, 174, I think it was, not out. Uh, very much needed at the time because the Aussies were struggling. Uh, and then they just absolutely ripped the uh, New Zealand uh, batting lineup, especially the top five. Just, I think they were five for 29 at one stage, the Kiwis. All out for one, what was it, 180 or something thereabouts. Yeah, 179. There, 179. There you go. And uh, yeah, but uh, well done to the Aussies there in relation to that. So we'll talk more on that uh, a little bit further down the track. Staples, play the Viva Las Vegas, mate, because we are at round zero for uh, the mighty, mighty clash between. Uh, we've got the Broncos taking on uh, the Roosters uh, and the Seagulls and the Rabbitohs, mate. But we're going to be playing this song all day today, folks. Viva Las Vegas. How good is the king? Seriously, how good was he? Long live the king. Long live the king. He will long live, and that's there is no doubt about that. But he's almost the Taylor Swift equivalent. Well, he probably he was back in the day, well and truly. And you know, without the social media stuff that Taylor Swift has now, and the advantage of that, but he was the king, and will always be the king, as far as I'm concerned. His profile back in those days was was. Uh, unpassed, wasn't it? Really, it yeah. was. Um, everyone knew the king, and it'd be amazing how how he would how he would be now. Like uh, in so much so as the promotion, the social media, yeah, you know, all that type of stuff. Um, yeah, you know, some people just just live, even though you know, when they pass away you know, tragically too early, that their, their legacy just lives on forever and ever and ever. I think he might have uh, put on a few extra kilos by now, to be <laughs> honest with you. But mate, it is. It is round zero, and how exciting. Rugby League is back. Uh, we've had the trial matches. Uh, we've had the hype in and around, um, you know, this venture to, to Las Vegas. It's actually here. We are um, about to embark on, well, for the next five years anyway, something that um, has been talked about before, you know, they did Origin over there way back when and, you know, that was probably not much of a hit. But I've got no doubt with the way that the game has promoted this and what they've managed to do, um, this will be a massive success. And, you know, we've got some uh, audio from Vossi who spoke about it uh, on SEN earlier this week and we'll go to that a little bit later on. But, you know, I, I can hear the excitement in his voice. Right? And I know that there is, you know... People are actually having Vegas parties at home, yeah. right? If they can't be there in Vegas themselves, they're having parties at home to watch the footy and to be a part of this monumental uh, and memorable occasion. Yeah, look, it's it's quite. They've definitely done the right thing by going for premiership points. They could have just took a an exhibition game over there, which is effectively what the state of origin was when they went to Los Angeles. And I think. Interesting enough, reading during the week is that Los Angeles was where they wanted to actually take it yep. the game to. And they were virtually advised not to because you didn't want to be part of the Hollywood hype. Yeah, that, yeah. You just get lost in all that. That doesn't do it. And then I think San Jose was another one. San Diego were two that others that they were looking at. And then they actually said, no, you've got to go to Las Vegas. Yeah, they've got the new stadium there now. But that's where you want. If you want to be able to promote it and, and get the, 
the eyeballs that you want and the traction that you want, you need to be in Las Vegas. So they've, they've taken that and... Um, and look, I believe they've sold 40,000 tickets for, for like 15,000 people, I reckon, have travelled over from, from Australia over there. So a lot of expats and, and that are there. But, uh, and we, Charles, we spoke about earlier, Butcher, Fox Sports 1's you know, live on a Saturday night there to get the games broadcast oh. on that. Is, and, you, and you mentioned about you know, the difference between Fox Sports 1 and Fox Sports 2. Yeah, it is massive. Fox Sports 1 is in the top 10 uh, stations in America. Fox Sports 2 is outside the top 100. That's the difference. So this is the significance of what they're doing. And I think Vossi might touch on that uh, a little bit later on. But, mate, plenty to talk about, plenty to unpack there in relation to, uh, you know, the first games of the season kicking off uh, this Sunday or Saturday over in Vegas. Uh, Panthers versus Wiggins in the World Club Challenge. We saw um, a fair bit of controversy there, and it's probably led us to a victory to, sorry, the... uh, the Wigan Warriors, 16 to 12, but the controversial decisions, which we will talk about, but that will lead us to our topic for this week and all the texts that have come in previously, and if you do want to text on 0477 736 736, this week's topic is um, about controversial moments or scandals in sport, okay? And there have been plenty. We're talking not only here in Australia, but around the world. Uh, some that come to mind is the Wigan Warriors versus the Penrith Panthers in the World Club Challenge and the controversial try-no-try. No try. Wow, that was a debacle. Right, outside of that, um, let's have a think about some of the others. Mate, I've got Ben Johnson in the 1984 Olympics. He won the gold medal in the 100 metres, right? But do you remember him on the blocks? He was a weightlifter who could sprint. Like, he was juiced up to the eyeballs. I said in the show two weeks ago, and we talked Julian King, we were talking about outstanding moments in sports you've actually witnessed. And uh, and I remember I was in the in the Walgut RSL club yep. watching this and just seeing there. It was one of the most powerful and breathtaking performances for that 100-metre sprint that, that I can ever, ever, ever witness. And yep. he just said he was just a man mountain powering down the, the track to break the world record and... Obviously, the improvement that he actually showed in that event. Obviously, he's not going to get that through hard training, although they'll say that. But um, Yeah, well, he obviously trained hard, but he also had other stuff to help him uh, enhance that uh, training. Yeah. Uh, and it was clear as day when you look at, yeah, how he looked on those blocks. Those traps of his were popping, absolutely popping. It was ridiculous. So... Tell us your most controversial moment or scandals in sport that you recall. There's plenty of them, and we've had text, uh, our regulars who have texted previously. So we're looking forward to hearing from you guys. That number is 0477 736 736. We're here for Chemist Outlet for discount medication. Choose Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be back. Saturdays on the coast, coming to you live from your minor beach surf club. Stop paying full price for prescriptions and medication. Visit Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Welcome back, Saturdays on the Coast. Coming to you live from your Minor Beach Surf Club. My name is Michael Butner, and joining me is Gary, the guru, Birkinshaw. We've just been talking about controversial moments and uh, already we've got some texts coming through thick and fast. Harry Hudson, our man. 
Uh, rooted out for me, Gaz. Yeah, I'm going to think outside the box here and go state of rest beating Animo on the 2021 Cox Plate. If Animo got clear running, I believe he would have won. Yes, a bit of a controversy uh, around You that know what? One. I do remember that race. I'm not a big race person, but I do remember it. And it appeared that there should have been, and if this is the one that I'm recalling, like, I think there was a um, protest. Mm, yes. And then it was dismissed. Yes. Yeah. When clearly there was some interference. Yeah. Let's just call it interference, yeah. perhaps. Right, but, okay. But I suppose if you're looking at racing, like there's been plenty of scandals and controversy in racing, but you, 1984, nothing bigger than the fine cotton. Oh. The, the fine cotton. Um, <laughs> I read a little bit scandal. about that. People went to jail over that. Robbie Waterhouse, mm. Rob Waterhouse lost his yeah, license. Yeah. And Eagle Farm. What was the name of the horse who was actually oh. bold personality? Was it bold personality? personality? Yeah. That was the one that they brought in or was it they, the no, they brought in they brought in okay yeah. because the other one that they had originally yeah that looked like looked more like fine cotton couldn't, yeah. couldn't, couldn't run, run that day <laughs> so they've painted ah <laughs> oh, come on you got to do heat, better than the that the heat just got it starts dripping down it, <laughs> and it was a different color yeah so they had to put, yeah, that's what it didn't have much uh, there hair, hair coloring on it as well yeah my goodness so th- there's one of the look without doubt one of the biggest ones in racing, uh, in the racing industry, especially the Australian re- uh, racing industry, was the fine cotton uh, scandal, which well and truly stands out way above anything else uh, when it comes to uh, controversy in racing. What else you got, Berger? Got one from Alex, another regular one. You mentioned the one about the, the blood doping in cycling and Lance Armstrong. Uh, of course, uh, you know, of course, is, of course. Yeah, you know, which is which was huge. You know, the things about some of that, like that, that needle moving across the whole world, and uh, you know. It, you know, the, the champion cyclist, you know, the multiple Tour de France winner. Oh, seven, was it seven dec- times that he won? Yeah, dominated for decades and then and it comes out. So yeah. all of a sudden it's, uh, uh, you, you think and go, well, yeah. Was it the interview with Oprah? Oh, yes. Is yes. that where he revealed all? Yes. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Well, mate, big news in soccer, the Matildas. Uh, a mighty performance um, on Wednesday night, yep. was it? Wednesday night. 10-0 against Uzbekistan. It was 8-0 at half time. What a great performance it was from the girls. And, and we've got a couple of the uh, uh, goals from Michelle Heyman. Um, is it Michelle Heyman? Yes, yep. I think it is Michelle Heyman. Uh, her four goals in the first half. We've got those courtesy of Paramount, uh, Paramount Plus. Let's take it away, Stables. Cooney cross rather and the ball back in oh surely here it is Heyman she's got the second inside four minutes for Steph Catley the Matildas skipper with the ball in Heyman is there again and she's at the double and this could get ugly for Uzbekistan because the Matildas are on fire Fowler's early ball Heyman's there for number three a hat-trick in 15 minutes of international football, on her return, in green and gold on home soil. And it comes, it's a good ball in, or how did that stay out? Driven back in, and there it is. Heyman adding the finishing touches to an outstanding first half of football for the Matildas. She's got her four. Was there reference to uh, Sam Kerhu yeah. after that game? <laughs> Look, that, that uh, audio there, courtesy of Paramount Plus, and a big thank you to them, but what a mighty performance. In fact, you think about the game previously where they only won 3-0, but the stats indicated that it could have been 10-0, right? There's no doubt about it. 
Well, you look at you go back to the look at both legs. In the first 70 minutes, there yep. was no goals. It was nil-nil. The last 110 minutes was 13-nil. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. It was just a dominant performance by by Australia, which was which is good. They got the job done, which is what they had to do. Um, and now they get to go to the Paris Olympics, which is which is fantastic. And uh, and uh, we're looking forward to to following their journey there. We love we love the Matildas and we love the the ride they actually give us. So. Well, mate, the other big thing for me was that this was the twelfth time in succession that they have played at home in front of a full house. Mm. That tells you something about what the World Cup did, the yep. lead-up to the World Cup, and, and now the flow-on effect uh, and the impact these girls have had on Australian soccer. I'm not just going to talk... I'm not just not going to say female soccer. No. I'm talking Australian soccer, which are, or football, sorry, Australian football. Um, so well done to them, and, and a, you know, a big congratulations. I guess now the big question is for Tony Gustafsson is... Who he drops from his side. He's got yep. to go from 23, a squad of 23, who've done an amazing job, to a squad of 18. Now, they're going to have to do it without Sam Kerr, yep. okay? Michelle Heyman's come in and, you know, performed. Like, she scored in that first game. Yep. Got four in uh, that second game. The likes of Mary Fowler. It, it seems like they're a well-oiled machine. Um, but, yeah, a good test for them. And it's been a while since they've been at the Olympics. But um, I'm really excited to see how they perform. And I, I dare say the expectations will be very high from you know, football fans, from just the Australian public because of what happened last year with the, uh, the World Cup. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's, um, yeah, they're doing a fantastic job, the Matildas. And like I said, uh, Tony Gustafson there, he's got a, a tough job to, to get them back. But uh, you know, it just goes to show the depth of, of female football in the country at the moment. A lot of them are applying their trade over in the major leagues over in Europe yeah. as well. So Yeah, yeah, no, it's fantastic. Bit of local news, mate. The Mariners continue on their merry way. Um, a 1-0 win against Melbourne Victory last week. First time they have ever won down there in Melbourne. Um, well, that... 20 years. 20 years, yeah, yeah. Um, so well done to the boys there. Uh, that's... What are, what are they now? They've had one loss in like 15 since, games? Since about the 20, 20th of November, round yeah, about that day. But wow. Take on the Jets tonight, 6 o'clock in the, for the F3 Derby Trophy. What's um, this? Is that that little bit of concrete they've got? Yeah, yeah, yeah fantastic. Right. And they're going, um, but the chance they win today, they'll actually go on top, the top of the table, which mm. is a fantastic achievement. Obviously, Wellington Phoenix are on top and they've still got a game to go, but fantastic. Before Thursday, they move on to the Asian Football Cup quarterfinal time, first leg, 7 p.m. on Thursday against Adisha from India. So good luck to them. There, but obviously, big news for the Mariners during the week also was uh, their CEO Sean Mealcamp uh, standing down after nine years in the role. Yeah, um, fantastic job that that he did. Um, and just sort of, just sort of reading when he when he spoke about it. Obviously, we had the, the the premiership last year, which was a fantastic achievement. But you go back to to 2016-2017 when they were actually at their darkest. They had they had two eight two losses at home, uh, eleven months apart. They had the Usain Bolt recruiting oh. saga or everything like that. It, it scandal? scandal was that exactly. contra- oh. There's one right there. Would, would have been a scandal no. if they had paid him three point five million. <laughs> yes. Let me tell you, that would have been exactly. a scandal. But but then I think you know, they were going through through managers every every other day, and I think the appointment of Nick Montgomery ah. and what happened from there, and they just worked forward to get the situation where 2023 they actually take home the. 
the plate. Um, was a fantastic achievement, and uh, he could certainly very be very very proud of what um, of what he's done in his role as CEO of the of the Mariners. Well, you think about you know if you go into an organisation, you want to leave it in a better place yeah. than when you got there. Yeah, and, and I feel he has well and truly done that. And, and again, like you said, there have been you know some amazing highs, but the lows have been tough. And, and you know what, uh, me personally. You know, looking at it from the outside in, and my sons were part of the academy program and stuff like that. I could see how poor the culture was there. Yeah. Right, and you're 100 percent right. Once Nick Montgomery come into that organisation, once he took over the academy program, yeah. everything changed. Yeah. Right, and again, how he was introduced, whether that was through Sean or whatever it may have been, you know, clearly Sean would have had something to do with it. But um, it's amazing the difference. That has made, and that has now flowed on to an organisation now who can probably be regarded over the last 18 months, two years, as the envy of most other um, soccer clubs in the A-League because they work on a shoestring budget, right? Uh, They rely heavily on their juniors. Their basic philosophy in relation to uh, what they do as an A-League club is to develop and transfer. Yes. Right? And that's how they can keep yep. churning the money over, yep. right? They're not one of the big high-flying spenders of our sport. Far from it, in fact. They do it on a shoestring budget, but they do it well. Uh, and, and what has amazed me this year is the amount of changes that they had from their side last year yep. to the way they are performing right now. Clearly, Mark Jackson... Is it Mark Jackson? Yeah, Mark Jackson. Has yep. done an amazing job there as well. And again, I look at that and, you know, uh, the chairman, Richard Peel, yep. who's taken over as the interim CEO at the moment, yep. um, he too has done an amazing job. And he seems to have had the Midas touch, the, you know, that spark that was needed to really bring in um, or to turn that club around. And, you know, they are well and truly where they need to be right now. Yeah, another big achievement, obviously, the introduction of the, the women into the A-League for, for the Central Coast Mariners, which is fantastic. And they uh, and they play uh, tomorrow, 4pm, against Adelaide. So they're doing really well in their first year also. So Yeah, uh, mate, we've got a few more texts coming in. Uh, the Bald Badger has come up with, and I do remember this. Yes. It was one of the great calls of all time by Ray Hadley, who was calling this race. Jane Saville being disqualified in the 20k road walk at the 2000 Olympic Games in the shadows of the stadium is how Ray Hadley described it. She was walking into the stadium. She'd done all the... And i got to tell you, that is probably one of the most controversial sports yes. when it comes to being disqualified or not being disqualified. How someone can walk that fast, that quickly, and, you know, you could take photos and show that people are off, both feet are off yeah. the ground. But... Nevertheless, it was a massive moment. And I think the most iconic part of that, because I watched that as well, was the red paddle. Yes. Remember, that was the red they paddle had the, come out. And, and you had three of them. Three of them. Three times, times yep. And she and was in the two. shadows of the stadium. And, I remember it. And you saw the official pull the red paddle, and that's when Ray, Ray Hadley. Got another one one here as well. Uh, this, yeah, this yeah. One that's out. it We've there. Got, uh, 
803 is the number. Yeah, so Give us a name, 803. Yeah, so Tiger Woods scandal, change goal. Like it that, certainly did. It changed his career. Yeah, exactly Not right. for the good. Yeah, exactly right. It was a bit of a downhill. Lance Armstrong mentioned. And obviously the other big one, football, was Essendon and Cronulla in two codes around the same time, the Pep yeah, Pipes and yeah, Scandal. Yeah, yeah, That um, hit big time. That hit big time. And, and they both both clubs dealt with it differently. Cronulla sort of accepted their punishment and they had their players back where they... Missed the back end of a season and had the players playing at the start of the next season while yep. Eston, 34 players stood down, missed the whole... They got the two years they were actually banned for, missed the, missed the whole season. I remember Eston actually used, had to get fill-in players yeah, to wow. actually play out the season. So, wow, wow, wow. Keep those texts coming. Keep those texts coming on 0477-736-736. Tell us some of your most controversial moments or scandals in sport. We love to hear them. We've uh, had three or four thus far. There's plenty out there. Uh, and we're here for Chemist Outlet. For discount medication, choose Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day. We'll be back shortly. Stop paying full price for prescriptions and medication. Visit Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Welcome back to Saturdays on the Coast. I've got to tell you, I could just let that music keep going all day. That Viva Las Vegas. My goodness. Uh, it's round zero with the NRL and how exciting it is. The uh, Seagulls taking on the Rabbitohs and the main event. Broncos versus the Roosters. Looking at these lineups, you know, there is some... You know, we're playing for two points here, and you said it earlier. We could take the token game across there, or token games across there, and they could be trial matches or whatever it is. But this is fair dinkum. These guys are playing for two points, and whilst you can't win a comp in March, you can lose one, right? Everything is on the line here. So it's really important that, you know, these teams are going in with their strongest side, right? And seeing what they can come up with uh, to ensure that they have success in this first game. So, um, you know, a lot of controversy, a lot of discussion around the size of the field. It's a little bit narrower, right? There's discussion around it's a little bit shorter. Um, but uh, I'm going to uh, go to a grab uh, with Staples there uh, from Andrew Voss, who's going to talk about the exposure of the game over in America and in particular Las Vegas. So let's go with that first, uh, Staples. I, I don't know what the figure is. I'm, I'm a bit lost. It's somewhere between, it's a very rough figure, between twelve and 20,000 Australians have, def, have descended on Vegas or will have in time for Saturday night, which is the game time here. Um, that's enormous. I think this... Uh, I've, I've attended a function tonight, a couple of functions tonight, and, and had a good chat with Peter Volandis. We ain't ever going to have a season opener at Cronulla, Penrith, Parramatta, <laughs> Brisbane ever again. We are... We are in Vegas and America for the long run. Um, and I feel that every listener right now, I could not encourage them more than for some time in the future to make the pilgrimage here because it is, it is truly unbelievable. If you've been a rugby league fan all your life, as I have and, and you blokes have, to come here and to see billboards, to, to turn on the radio today, and there's two ads for the rugby league in every break. Oh, it's it's bloody amazing. Yeah. It's awesome. He is 
And he got me wanting to go over. Right? And I'm thinking, okay, at some stage, and he's 100% right, Vossi, in relation to we aren't having another uh, season opener here in Australia. Right? This will be something that they do. We've guaranteed five years now. It's only going to grow and get bigger. Right? And we'll end up deciding on where we go or whatever that may look like. But it is quite significant when you think about, you know, we talked about, uh, I think in that interview, he talked about magic round. Mm. And there was, you know, concerns as to whether it would work. It's worked. Yeah. Right? We've got twelve to 20,000 Australians who have gone over, you know, because they want to be a part of this experience. And I dare say it's going to get bigger uh, and, and better. He also talked about the fact that there was, and we didn't hear it, but we talked about the fact that there's David Copperfield on, there's you 2 at the Sphere, Christine Aguilera performing, right? But if we get forty to 45,000 people at this NRL game, they're going to supersede, in terms of numbers, bums on seats, all those acts, mm. right? Yep. Which is quite phenomenal, right? Absolutely amazing in itself. So... Yeah, I, I, well done to Peter Valandis. I think yes. he's done an amazing job, right? He's had this vision, uh, and I dare say he's had the right contacts and gone about it in the right way. Yeah, well, we spoke about that earlier in the show about you know, where it was going to be, and, and you know, Las Vegas was, wasn't their first choice, but they obviously made the right decision now. And uh, and look, obviously the thing you need to keep in consideration, though, Butte, and I'd be interested to see year two rather than year one. Year one's always got the new the new Butte feel about it, and obviously you've got four really good clubs there, and they're not going to have that same four clubs there every year. That's no, that, that's going to be, be a given there. So, so the proof of the pudding is going to be obviously is around because I don't think the whole I don't even think going over there's got anything to do really about exposure, about number of people, who, tickets or anything like that. It's obviously around the, the revenue that can be gained by, by, from, from yep. gambling. And and full credit to Peter Volandis, is, is, it is about the money. That's what Peter's about. It's, it's about uh, uh, safe-proofing the game for, for years and years to come. So he's doing that. He's looking for alternative markets, which is full credit to him. And, and this is a, is a great opportunity. And I've got no doubt in the wide world, Butte, it'll be a success. No well, doubt in the wide world. because It's, it's but, a great segue, mate, because of the, the revenue. And, and Vossi did touch on it. So we'll, we'll go to that uh, snippet and, and see where that... And we'll talk on that. Having been to Allegiant Stadium last night, I went there last night and saw this thing called the Death Star. Uh, mate, the, the hairs on the back of my neck were standing up. Mm. And, you know, it's... Uh, I don't know what it's cost to rent that out for the number of days they've got it. But I think the fans of the game need to know, those blowing up about the money spent, they need to know without the big venue, we ain't getting on Fox Sports 1. Fox Sports 1 will be broadcast in every bar and tavern in prime time on Saturday night. You will walk into a bar, whether you're in the south of America, the east, the west, the north... You will go in around about 6.30 and Rugby League will be on the screens there for four hours. That's the breakthrough here, folks. Mm. You know, that the crowd doesn't even matter what's here in Vegas. And let's hope it is, you know, you know 40,000, 50,000. But the potential eyeballs that will see five minutes of Rugby League mainly to start with, I guarantee if they watch five minutes, they'll watch an hour. And from that, that's the foundation stone for getting Rugby League on here 30 weeks of the season. And, you know, he summed it up perfectly, didn't he? Like, he knows his stuff. And, again, there's also the, you know, you talk about the revenue, right? There's a percentage from, you know, 
these people like the sport. They start becoming engaged in the sport somewhat, right? There's the gambling side of things, right? You get a little percentage of the gambling market. If you get a little percentage of the gambling market over in the US, you're going to be doing okay, right? Let's bear in mind that they are 10 times the size of Australia in terms of population, right? Maybe even 12 times, right? So uh, there there are so many advantages with what is being done over there uh, and, and the way it's being done. So, again, well done to Peter Volandis there in, in relation to, uh, you know, taking the game to Vegas. Right, you mentioned, Buse, uh, about you know, all the eyeballs on Fox Sports 1 that's going to be, be watching the game. Yep. How much pressure then is on the four coaches and the players and four teams to make sure they put on a spectacle? Because if, if it ends up being a 6-4 game, you know, yeah, is that going to draw draw the crowd? Part of the big hits will be there. I, I reckon that there'll be, it wouldn't be tough, but I reckon there'll be a, a general thing. Let's make sure that we put on a spectacle. This is going to be tough because with the field being narrow, mm-hmm. right, four to six metres narrower than what it normally would be, you think about how South Sydney score their tries. Yeah. Right? They get it to their winger who is sweeping on that outline mm-hmm. and he's probably catching the ball six metres in from the sideline. And he's just heading towards that corner. Yeah. That opportunity is taken away now. Yeah. Right? It's basically one and a half defenders. Yes. When you think about, you know, when you talk about your spacing in defence. So it's going to be significant. Right? There's not enough gaps in the field anyway on a full-size field because defensive patterns are so good now. But it's going to be even harder when you're bringing it in four to six metres. That is significant. Do I think, you know what, I think they're just going to love the physicality. Right, and I hope that's what attracts them to the game. Right, they, and also the continuation of the sport. Right, you know their games are so stop-start. Right, basketball would probably be the only one that is continuous. Yep. Right, oh. to, well, yes, the last two minutes <laughs> goes for ten. Yeah. Right, but you know when you think about NFL, you think about baseball. Yeah. It is. Right, I, I don't know. A, a twenty-minute game can turn into four hours. Yeah because of all the stoppages and everything like that. So um, I think that is going to be the big attraction. But, look, either way, it, it's not about taking... Uh, it's not about the trying to get uh, Americans to embrace the sport Correct. and love it, right? Correct. If they watch it and like it a little bit, then they've got a little bit of an interest, right? Yep. And for me, I look at it and I go, they've got the Broncos over there. They've got an affiliation over there with the Denver Broncos, right? Yep. You think about the sides that you need to take over there, right? You take the Canberra Raiders. Because you've got the Raiders in the NFL. You take over the Cowboys because that's America's team, right? You think about the teams that have some sort of, you know, affiliation, some yep. sort of connection that people can relate to. That just might work. Well, Canberra Raiders going to the Las Vegas Raiders. Correct. Yeah, right, that's just, just well, a given. Imagine, imagine the, the local, the, the attachment that you would have from the locals to, to the Raiders. All of a sudden they become our team. Correct. That's yeah. the engagement that you need. You know, the Cowboys, similar. You do something along those lines. But we're going to take a quick break. For discount medication, choose Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day. Keep those texts coming on 0477 736 736 for your most controversial moment or scandals in sport. Uh, we'll be back shortly. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Stop paying full price for prescriptions and medication. Visit Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Welcome back. We are coming to you live from your Minor Beach Surf Club. 
Michael Butner is my name, and Gary Birkinshaw is my a co-host here. Uh, we're coming to you from your minor beach, as I indicated, but we've got Danny Burko, the uh, surfers with disabilities, uh, over 60 surfers, 200 volunteers. We're going to speak to Paul Meniscus at some stage in the second hour, um, just in relation to uh, this event and the significance of it and how important it is for uh, uh, those that are, um, you know, have a few little disabilities or whatever it may be, that opportunity to get out in the surf and uh, feel that sensation, that rush, that joy, that ecstasy of, of, of what it's like. And, you know, what? and also, mate, it's a big thing for the volunteers. I was going to say, that's not written, the surf is fantastic, but even for the volunteers... Yep. And, the world we live in now, I don't like to get too much into the heavy in the world we live in now, but to, to, for them to come out and give their time, we've got over 200 volunteers here who have given their time up and to come down and, and assist and the joy that they get on their face. I spoke to the volunteers earlier and they said, once you come once, you want to come every single year and uh, it's, a, it's a, a real feel-good story and you know, they, I, it smiles on the dials is what the event is called and I reckon anyone, anyone who leaves here would certainly have a smile on their dial. It's, it's really, really good and full, full credit to the, everyone involved. 100%, mate. They've done a great job. Looking forward to that interview with Pauline. Uh, our topic for today, text us through on 0477736736. Tell us some of your most controversial moments or scandals in sport. Uh, we've had a couple of good ones thus far. Our listeners, uh, uh, our best researchers, Ben Johnson, the 1984 Olympics gold medalist. That was uh, very controversial in terms of the drug doping. We've had the fine cotton horse racing scandal, uh, the peptide scandal, the sharks. We've also had uh, Essendon, likewise. Uh, so we've had a few thus far, and there's more coming in. Harry Hudson talked about the Cox Plate. Uh, it was State of Rest beating Animo uh, in 2021. Oh, Jane Saville, bald badger. Come up with Jane Saville in the shadows of the stadium. Who could ever forget? I am certainly not me. She, and she would never forget either. Uh, heartbreak, heartbreak. But Staples, can you hit us with a bit of the king again? Viva Las Vegas. Listen to the king. What a voice. What a voice. Um, You know, it's funny because people are looking around here going, why are they bopping along? Why are they cheering? Why have they got this massive smile on their face? Silent disco. Yes, correct. It is the silent disco. Uh, This back line, uh, talking about Eagles versus Rabbitohs, the lineups, right? Tommy Trevojevic, Latrell Mitchell. That's as big as you get when it comes to fullback clashes. Saab Johnson, two wingers, right? Both try-scoring machines. Probably where they're weakest both sides, uh, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, he's probably in the centres, but I'm looking at our 5'8s. Luke Brooks, who's going to have his first attempt, uh, our first game for the Seals, big change after leaving the West Tigers. Cody Walker, absolute superstar. Um, our halves, Daly Cherry Evans, absolute legend, freak. Uh, probably number two halfback in the game behind Nathan Cleary. Yep. Right, quite comfortably. Lachlan Ilias, an emerging halfback. Uh, and, and, look, I'm just looking. The back rowers, we've got Olikowatu versus Kalamatungi. Like, these guys are going head-to-head. They're two of the biggest and best, brightest young uh, back rowers in the game. Ben Trebojevic, Jai Arrow, Jake Trebojevic, Cam Murray. Oh, both origin players, both yep. Australian. Like, this is... And I can see why when you look at the 
uh, the betting. Rabbitohs favourite, dollar eighty six. Seagulls a dollar ninety eight. Like it is one hell of a battle. Yeah, it certainly is. Really looking forward to this clash and uh, you know, both sides of. A couple of probably you could probably argue they probably weren't at their best last year. Yep. I think that they probably 100%. both of them underachieved. So yep. they'll be keen to get off to a really good start and they're under scrutiny, no doubt about that. They're expected to perform well this year. And so whilst it's only round one, the side that loses is always gonna be questions after because there are only eyeballs on two games this weekend. So um, so obviously man, we always go back to Tommy Travoy but I think Luke Brooks is going to be one who could make a big difference for Manly. Yep. Um, just as a just another Another experienced player in the halves that takes a bit of pressure off Daly Cherry Evans, takes a bit of pressure off, pressure off Travoyevich. But also, th- those two players take the pressure off Luke Brooks. He yeah, yeah. could be a match, match win on his own right. Hopefully, he runs the ball a bit more. But uh, that's what the Seagulls will be, be hoping for anyway, and uh, especially the coach, Seabold. But then you look at South Sydney, Latrell Mitchell. Yep. Like, it's... Superstar. Superstar of the game. Yep. Um, and, you know, it's... They're... they're future of this season probably hinges on the season that he has. If he gets back to his brilliant best, well, there's no reason why they can't be challenging for the um, for the for the premiership. Hundred percent. Look, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back, uh, and in the second hour, we will uh, look on the other game, which is the Roosters taking on the Broncos. You're here with uh, listening to Saturdays on the Coast, coming to you live from your Minor Beach Surf Club. Stop paying full price for prescriptions and medication. Visit Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Welcome back to Saturdays on the Coast. We are coming to you in our controversial... Oh, sorry, our text topic uh, on 0477 is your most controversial moments or scandals in sport. And the Badger is back. And he said, hi, boys. Love the show. Maradona, the hand of... Uh, hand of God goal against England in the 1986 FIFA World Cup. It was in the quarterfinals. Argentina then went on uh, to win the World Cup, but uh, Maradona, Maradona did actually admit that. He did. He, he did. Prior to yeah. that, he had yeah. scored probably one of the goals yeah. of the tournament ever. One of the best well, ever. ever yeah. I would suggest. Well, we've well, been a topic of the best uh, football goals ever, and uh, that would be one of them. There we go. Well. Yeah. That might be our topic for a couple of weeks' time. Another we... big one, mate. World yep. Series cricket and obviously at Rugby League Super, Rugby League Super, Super League. Yep, That's they're all big ones, all big yep. ones. So keep them coming through, 0477 736 736. We're heading to the news. We'll be back after the news with Saturdays on the Coast. Stop paying full price for prescriptions and medication. Visit Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast with Michael Butner and Gary Birkinshaw on SEN Track. Saturdays on the Coast coming to you live from your Minor Beach Surf Club. Surfers with disabilities, one of the great days down here. Over 60 surfers, 200 volunteers and uh, we will be talking shortly to Pauline Meniscus from uh, Surfers with Disabilities Association um, who has done an amazing job. Uh, You may have heard in the news the Australians, three uh, for about 70, uh, 275 run lead. Nathan Lyon out for 41. Burke, what about the uh, partnership? Record 10th wicket partnership. Hazelwood and Green, 174 not out from him, 22 from Hazelwood. In fact, they'd probably like Hazelwood to have taken 10 of those runs and take that back to the 
test match against the West Indies. Probably defend one ball. Is probably <laughs> yeah, all they probably correct. needed. That, but well, yeah. I did see yesterday on the footage, uh, or the coverage, sorry, they were talking about the amount of balls that they bowled to Hazelwood. There was three of them only that were going to hit the stumps. They went yeah. about it all wrong. Mate, there was ten of them that were above his head. Yeah. Like, if you're going to bowl short to, like, intimidate a, a tail-end batsman, make sure it's going to go near them. I think if you're bowling to Josh Hayward, which, by the way, 22 is his highest score since 2016. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Cricket. So, my, the instruction should be just to try and bowl at the stumps, try and hit the stumps. You know, he misses, you hit. But uh, certainly, and Cameron Green's in, we spoke about 174, certainly justifies, and for now anyway, the decision that they made to get him into the test side, come under a lot of criticism for it, to push Steve Smith up to opening the batting and to play Cam Green and... Yeah, you know, he certainly paid him back in spades and 134, 25 years of age. You know, it's interesting because I, I look at this Australian cricket side and I think about the fact that they seem to be really well balanced at the moment, right? And there's no reliability on one player. I think probably three, four years ago, there was that reliability on Steve Smith, right? There was Manus Labuschagne, who was in really good touch, good form, right? He's struggling at the moment, uh, Labuschagne. Um, Smith, he's got, got 90 against the Windies. Mm. Like, you know what? Give him time to adjust. He's, mm. you know, and Usman Khawaja said it the other day, you know, he's that the best cricketer or best batsman in this generation. Yeah. And, yeah. and his stats indicate yeah. that. So he's yeah, up on him, right? Don't. But I, I think we've relied heavily on our bowling. Oh. Well, you're dead right there, Butte, because we put on 160. Say that last year partnership puts on zero. Yes. They get bowled out for, for 267. So we're sitting ahead of a completely different yeah, conversation. Yeah, yeah. We're having. The batting again is, it, 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 it probably hasn't been. I think in the last 12 months where we've had a lot of tests, we've, we've got over 353 times yep. batting. And that's, yeah, that's, yeah. And that's not a, a test, test standard of what we're up to. So oh, Yes, correct. So, I agree with you there. The batting has sort of let them down. Fortunately, with the bowling attack that oh. we have at the moment, Stark, Cummings, Hazelwood, Lyons. Mm. Every single one of them over 250 test wickets. Yeah. Stark's got 350 plus. Mm. Lyons got 500 plus. Yeah. Right? That is one potent attacking yeah. weapon when it comes to your bowling. Uh, yeah, your bowling attack. So, yeah, it's... Look, I think what I think you were saying earlier off the air, you know, 350 will be more. They're almost at the I point now where they've got enough. I think they've nearly got enough now. But you look there and you go, apart from Kawaja, who was very consistent over the last 12 months, I don't think any of the other batsmen you could say have actually been consistent. They've all had good individual performances at some stage over the 12 months, but consistently, apart from Kawaja, I don't think you could say that they've been consistent. You even look at look at this innings, Smith, Kawaja got over 30, Marsh gets 40, but that's that's the limit they've been getting. Too many times they've been getting starts yep. and not going on. In the Australian summer, only two batsmen got a century. Yeah. And that's, and that's a concern from a batting point of view. When you look to the future where we've got test series coming up against India and England and immediately after the second test we've actually got a, a long break till the summer. Do you think this is a reflection of cricket overall, right? Because we're the number one Australia's the number one cricket nation, right? And we're not scoring enough runs, right? And I would dare say if you looked at the numbers across other test matches, is it the T20 influence that has stopped or taken away uh, players' ability to bat for longer, to be patient, to, you know what, 
let balls go. Yep. I, and I don't think I don't think it's a T20 influence as such in the way they bat. I don't think that's it's their lack of um, uh, opportunities to play extended format cricket. Yeah. Cameron Green after day one gets a century. He says the biggest advantage that he had, the biggest thing Australian selectors did was not send him to the T20 and the one-day games before the test matches in New Zealand. Yep. He went and played a Shield game for Western Australia. Now, you go have a look at our batsmen and ask them how many Shield games have they played, which is four-day cricket yeah, that yeah. they've played. So they don't get to play that extended format cricket. They play a lot of white ball cricket. Yeah. And you look at if And it's like Marnus Labuschagne, say, if you're, if you're in and out the T20 sides or the one-day sides, well, then you're not getting... You're not going back and playing four-day cricket either. You're on the... You're part of the squad, yep. but not playing cricket. And, you know, Marcus Harris had that for two years. Yeah, it's a fair so, point when you consider... You think about, let's go back a generation or maybe yeah. even two generations. Yeah. You know, the likes of Mark Wall, Steve Wall, if they weren't playing test matches, they were playing Sheffield. They were going back. You know, Matty yeah. Hayden, uh, Michael yeah. Hussey. Yeah. They pl- they, that's how they made their career. And if they weren't playing shield cricket, they were playing club cricket. Club cricket, well, yes. Club cricket, you, you, you can't get shield players to play club cricket now, let alone test yeah, players. Yeah. So, so it all just goes back. But that's not going to change, Butch. There's, there's the calendar so congested now that you know, they, 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 they rest more. They're not going back to play shield cricket. So it may be something we need to put up with. Yeah, quite possibly, mate. Now, uh, our text topic, uh, 0477 736 736. Tell us your most controversial moments or scandals in sport. I've got Bluey, a.k.a., oh, sorry, the Narc, a.k.a. Bluey. He has pulled out Tonya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan. Uh, she got kneecapped, basically, mm. yeah. <laughs> for a spot in the U.S. figure skating team uh, for the Olympics. That was big news. That certainly oh. set... Uh, what did you refer to it as? The dial? They moved the dial. Moved the needle. Needle moved mover. The needle. Yeah, the, the needle that mover. was definitely a needle mover back in the day. And the other one that Terry Galil has come up with, and we have I don't think this has been mentioned yet, the underarm by Trevor Chappell. My we goodness. We try and forget that. <laughs> Do we? What? what? I tell you what, the Kiwis don't. You throw sandpaper gate on top of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, well. They're a couple of the big, the big cricket ones. Oh, it's funny because I look at um, and I think about what happened in that T20 game with uh, Tim David on strike with four. They needed a four off the last yeah, ball. Yeah. I wonder whether the thought, <laughs> I wonder whether there was a cheeky little Australian in the crowd going, why don't you bowl underarm? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you, we, we talk about the Olympics. Well, another one I've got, I've got here is that the 2000 uh, Paralympic, Spain going ahead and inter- intellectually disabled, winning the basketball, only to find out that 10 of the 12 had faked their qualification to get into it. Uh, that is... So that is... Um, that is horrible. That is... That is, <laughs> that is disgusting when you think about, yeah. you know, morality. morality. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. Uh, yeah. Great topic, though, Butes. Great topic. Well, it's been a hit thus far, and mm. if you've got any more, please send them through. Uh, as we said, we've got plenty coming through from our listeners. That text line, again, is 0437... Uh, sorry, 0477-736-736. Yeah, your most controversial moment or scandals in sport that you can recall. Uh, Mate, let's talk about, um, uh, you know, again, we're going to go the Panthers versus the Wigan, the World Club Challenge there, and that controversial decision. Uh, And you touched on it. If, you know, if the Panthers were playing this game mid-June, July, then it's a completely different ball game. Um, and they lost it the previous year um, out at Penrith. Um, and, and, again, it was just one of those things where, 
you know, they go into the game. Obviously, any game they play, Penrith, they want to win. But uh, they were certainly up against it. I don't believe the referee made the decision. And I look at the try that was given, which I don't know how that was given, the Wardle. Right, he was literally at least a metre away from the line. Uh, and I don't know how or where the referee saw that the ball had touched the line. The other one at the back end of the game, which was set up as no try, that appeared to be more of a try than the other one. And again, I'm not being biased here. I just see it for what, you know, the game is. It just looked a really bad look. Which, yeah, and, and I agree, agree highly. And and you go through, we've got, say, just the technology that we've got, Butch. We've got the bunker with the rugby league. We've got DRS at cricket. We've got goal line technology with the AFL. We've got VAR with soccer. We've got the Hawkeye with tennis. So you take Hawkeye out of that, all the others are all got um, human interaction with them. Yep. So we, we take the decision. This is the thing, and the DRS with me as well, is you, you know, how can you have the two decisions can be... A decision can be out or not out and the same ball hitting the same part of the stumps. You're either out or not out. That's based on what the umpire said. And the same as here is that the referee takes it upstairs because he obviously doesn't... He's not sure of what the decision, what it was. Yeah. Otherwise, he wouldn't take it upstairs. But then when all the video replays turn around and say we've got nothing conclusive... Then we take it back to the referee who, who didn't see it, in the, who couldn't decide in the first place. His original decision, yes. And, yeah. that's, and that's the same as the, the cricket one. The Imagine cricket, if yeah. he gives you out, you're out of umpire's call. Well, and, yeah. that, and the, the thing, then we've got you know, the soccer with the AFL with the one that hit the goalpost last year in um, in, in Adelaide. And Adelaide cost him a spot in the final because he didn't go upstairs. The, the, the umpire, goal umpire said, oh, no, that didn't hit the post. Yeah. Or, sorry, the umpire said it did hit the post when it actually, when the replay showed it didn't hit did the it. post. So, well, we're always going to have human interaction. We're always going to have that. But uh, I, I don't know. And is that our expectation now? Is that, you know, I, I guess we live in a society now where we want everything to be right yep. and everything to be exact and precise. And But if you're bringing and, technology in, it's probably a reason why we want it because... Technology was brought in all along was to get to stop, rid of the howlers. Correct. Stop but the, the howl. trouble is, though, we've gone past the howlers now. Now we want it to be to the to the nth degree. Uh, and well, you know what? I'll accept a lot of those. Mm. I actually think that Wardle try, that's for me, is an example of a howler. Right? But, but I, I, don't, I don't necessarily agree with you on that, Buse, because there was no definitive evidence to say the ball was on the line or it wasn't on the line. Uh, so, so it wasn't a howler. It was just a decision that couldn't have been made. That's, that, that's the thing based on... Correct. I just don't know how he got to that point where he felt that that was... Especially where the ball had... Where he was originally yeah. and how far away he was from the line. And this is the trouble we also have, Butch, is that... It's a we speculate about that. Yeah. So we're speculating on what the referee did because the referees don't get the opportunity to front the press after a game. To he might come out and say, "Look, oh yes, I definitively I saw the ball, saw on, the the ball line. on the line." Yep. He, he doesn't get a chance to come out and say that. So we're saying he's guessing and not sure. Yeah. But he never gets the opportunity because he can't come out and say that. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that's, he, he, look, you know what I do know? He would come out and say that. Oh, well, but I, yeah, yeah, correct, say. exactly. But imagine, okay, so that's a, a World Challenge Cup final. Okay, so that important, Panthers haven't won one. Imagine if that is, don't worry about grand final, imagine that preliminary final day, or imagine oh. that's in Las Vegas tonight, tomorrow, I mean. If that decision like that's in Las Vegas tomorrow. You don't want that circus, I can assure you. Yeah. You do not want that circus. We're here for Chemist Outlet. For discount medication, choose Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day. 
You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast, coming to you live from your Minor Beach Surf Club. Take a short break. We'll be right back. Stop paying full price for prescriptions and medication. Visit Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Welcome back to Saturdays on the Coast. My name is Michael Butner, Gary Birkinshaw, my co-host, and we're very, very fortunate to have alongside us uh, the organiser, the OG, when it comes to uh, the surfers with disabilities. That's Pauline Meniscus. Pauline, thanks for joining us this morning. My pleasure. And congratulations. What a fabulous job you guys do. Yes, it is pretty amazing. It takes a, a whole team to, to get this organised. Talking about the team, uh, talk us through the numbers in relation to surfers that are here, volunteers, okay. and, and what the range and scope of their roles are. We've got... Um, about 210 volunteers, I'd say, today. Yep. And we're putting 60 surfers in the water. Yes. And there's approximately 24 wheelchairs. So wow. that takes uh, quite a few to put them in a transfer them into a wheelchair, get them down to the beach, get them onto the, a board. Yeah. You know, it was funny because we'll, we'll sit here before talking about how, you know, the admiration I have, not only for the volunteers, but, you know, the carers, the, carers the parents. The family. Yeah. Like, and I'm looking at, you know, these kids that are in, or people that are in the wheelchairs, right? Yeah. And I go, they may get two or three runs yeah. down that little channel there, but the hours that go into getting, getting them, them here, here. Getting them onto the board. Correct. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just... It's mammoth, yeah. It is mammoth. And, um, you know, you said before, um, just off the air, about what's it take to be a volunteer, and you said... Right. To be a volunteer, you don't have to be water safety, you don't have to be a lifeguard, you just have to have a heart of gold. Come along to the day, we can train you. Um, you can be trained in the water. Uh, there are plenty of land jobs as well. Um, someone's got to cook a barbecue. Uh, someone's got to, you know, um, sign people in and out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you've so got all these volunteers at the moment that are in different... Yeah. Uh, Everyone's in a rashies. different coloured rashi. Okay, yep. so if we start at the top, there's the red rashi. So that's a team leader out on a board, yep. on a flag, we call it. So that red red team, that we'd have two to a board, and then we'd have anything up to, like, 20 blue shirts that will form a tunnel yep. so that the, the surfer coming down in a yellow shirt surfs right through a tunnel so if he falls off halfway he's just lifted straight up yeah. lifted ahead like clear a patra and carried to the beach or yeah. not some we, we put paraplegics in the water and they would be put on a board and then carried out like clear patra into yeah, the water yeah, yeah. that's how that works with anybody who's gotcha. yeah pauline can we go back 19 years just been going for and you've yeah. been there so, so 20 years ago you're sitting down what was the inspiration be, behind forming this, this organisation? This organisation has been formed for about 39 years. Right. Uh, Gary Blassie is usually here with us. He's the founder. Uh, he just couldn't make it today with us. Um, he just put... They decided that a few people wanted to open a branch on the Central Coast, so they put an ad in the local paper for interested people and had a meeting. And so I went along to the meeting and I thought... Yeah, I can do this because I've also been a volunteer at Camp Breakaway for 24 years. So I thought, yeah, I can do this too. So I joined up then and uh, it was pretty much a men's club. We'd have meetings. And, uh, we'd go to a different club every month and I'm thinking, oh, where's this club, you know? So, but I stuck to it. 
Well, they weren't going to get rid of me, and here I am now. Uh, well, so, so, so let's go through some of the, the disabilities that you're actually dealing with here today. Okay, we're dealing with um, Down syndrome. Okay, we'd be dealing with intellectually um, disabled people, uh, autism, uh, muscular dystrophy, cerebral palsy, um, yeah, any number of things I probably don't know. And, and my, apologies, my apologies for saying dealing with, because it's not dealing with you no. putting a smile on the dial, so I might do, do yeah. sincerely apologise for that. It but is it, putting smiles on dials, and yeah. the thing is, you look around and there's smiles on everyone's dials. There's yeah. smiles on all the all the surfers, there's smiles on the volunteers and their family. Their family go around. Yeah. The family can go in the water with their surf if they want to. They wear a grey shirt and they're respected and, and go in the water. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they don't have to go into the water because our team will take care of them. We take care of them in the water, we get them in, down the beach, into the water, and then we bring them back because then they've got to change okay. them and put them back in and get ready for the awards. Is this a one-off event here on the coast or do you have uh, multiple this events? This is our third event but we have four. We've yep. got another one in April the 6th, 6th of April, so anybody who wants to volunteer can just look up um, Secretary uh, Central Coast, or we get, we've got a website, we've yep. got a um, Facebook site which is very active. Ray's terrific at doing that, yep. and um, that's just DSA Central Coast. Yeah, gotcha. Or it could be Central Coast DSA. Yeah. Either or, people Either can or. find it. Yes. Yeah, just yeah. find it. Do a little Google search, and yeah. uh, you can Google search the national uh, branch. It's um, Disabled Surfers Association yep. of Australia, and then you'll go through. We've got 19 branches all throughout Australia and one in New Zealand. Yeah. Fantastic. So we, a lot of us just went down to Collaroy last week and yep. we supported the Sydney branch. Ah. They were struggling a bit, so we virtually ran that. Do you there. see a lot of the same surfers attend yep. the events? Yeah, we've got... We have a lot of people that come up from Sydney to yeah. our event because Sydney only do it once a year. Ah, gotcha. So we're doing it four times a year. Yep. So they come up here. They come from Blacktown. They come from Cronulla. They come from everywhere. And the barbecue, is that put on for the... Barbecue, we, lucky enough, the... the um, Surf club? The surf club do the barbecue for us yep. and the meat is supplied by um, the diggers, the club. Oh, yeah, fantastic. And then Breakers Delight help us with the bread. Yep. Yep. And, yeah. It's great to have support, uh, sponsors and supporters like that. Yep, it's great to have them. We need them all the time. Our, our truck is um, in storage up at Tugra, yep. in one of those storage sheds. Oh, so yeah. They donate a bit to us, yeah. So we're always looking for donations. Uh, we need new boards, we need wheelchairs, we need rash shirts, you know. Like, we ran out of rash shirts last time with over 240. Yeah. So if anyone wants to, to donate, how do they go about that, Pauline? Oh, just get in touch with us. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, that's the Disabled Surfers Association of Australia. It's the Central Coast Branch. Central Coast Branch. Yep. Yeah. Did you want to hear about our 93-year-old? Of well, course we did. Yes, the, the age group. We'll yes. talk about the different ages, yeah. yeah. Okay, we take any age group as a surfer. Yep. Little babies. Uh, we take quadriplegics. We take... Um, you name it, we'll take, we won't, blind people, deaf people, we won't, won't uh, discriminate and we won't refuse anybody. So I get a phone call from this man and I couldn't quite work it out. So I rang him and I said, no, I got an email. I rang, I said, I'm just not sure what, what's going on here. I said, is it your father or are you the father or is it the son or what? He said, no, it's my father. I said, all right. And he said, oh, and he sounded old. I said, has he got a disability? And he said, he's 93 years old. I went, yeah, that's good enough for me. <laughs> but I shouldn't say that because I hopped off because our, our committee is a great committee and we talk everything through together. 
And I said, this guy to surf. And then I thought, oh, I better go and check with everybody. <laughs> and yeah. I checked with everybody. He was a school teacher here at Woi Woi. Yeah. And so I figured, yeah, 93, he deserves to go in the water. The oh, joy that yep. you must see on the faces of, yeah. like you said, not only the surfers themselves. Yeah. That's the why volunteers. the volunteers come back. Yeah. Correct. They do come back because, and yeah. I spoke about it before with Gary, I said, Things like this put life into perspective exactly. for you. Exactly. Right? If you're depressed, come down here. Yeah. Correct. Exactly yeah. the reason. Then yeah. you'll actually wake up to yourself and go, you know what, life yeah. ain't that bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's amazing. I spoke to some volunteers uh, Pauline, before before yeah. the event, and, and they were, you know, some Pumped had been up. for the first time, and some had been here regulars, and they, they all said that once you go the first time, you'll just keep wanting to go you're back, because it is so up, uplifting yeah. and... Uh, yeah, and, and real joys for every, for everybody. Yeah. So, it, as you mentioned, if if, you, if, you, if things aren't going away in life, it's a fantastic place to come down to. It puts in perspective. It actually brings some joy to your own life. You're helping someone else, and yeah. uh, and there's a lot of like-minded people here mm. doing the same type of thing. And, it, and it's a big event. It's not a small. This is a big event. When you've got 60 odd serves, you've got 200 volunteers. It's a it's a big event. Yeah. Paul, it's a credit to you and your, your team for acting for organising. Because I imagine. Would take a lot of organising. Takes a lot of organising. I'm lucky I'm not working. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It takes a lot of organising, but I really love it and enjoy it. And um, and you see the smiles on everybody's faces, and it's just such a joy. We we call ourselves the DSA family. You know. Yeah. Once, yep. once you're in your family, you know. Yeah. And where's helps the, where's the next event at? Here. It's here again? Here yeah, yeah. on the 6th of April. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. All right. See, there's one tomorrow down at Jaroa, which I'd love to drive down to, but I've got to go out tonight, so I think I'll be a bit... <laughs> oh, she's celebrating yeah. tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. you need a few wines it. after today, can't I would imagine. Can't too much. No, nah, no, nah, yeah. fair enough. Pauline, thank you so much, not only My for pleasure. being on our show, but for what you do here. Like, it is absolutely phenomenal. It's... Uh, I'm sure at times it's a thankless task, but no. you... Well, I always say it's in giving that you receive. Not that you're doing it for that reason. No, but very true. If you give, you're going to receive. You get far it back tenfold, hundred percent, and it's a great philosophy to live by. And yeah. uh, if anybody is looking for anything to do on the sixth of April, please come down to your minor surf club. If you get the chance, even now in the next half an hour, uh, they're going to be hour. here an hour. Yeah, they're going to be here for a while. Yeah. Uh, and you want to be inspired? Come on down and, and see what these guys are all about. Again, Pauline, thank you so much. We really appreciate, appreciate it. Uh, you're listening to uh, Saturdays on the Coast. We're here for Chemist Outlet for discount medication. Choose Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day. We'll be back shortly. Stop paying full price for prescriptions and medication. Visit Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Uh, welcome back. Saturdays on the Coast coming to you live from your Minor Beach Surf Club. We just had Pauline Meniscus talking about the uh, surfers with disabilities and uh, what a great job she does, Berka. Oh, what, what an inspiration. Fa- what a fantastic interview that was then and what a fantastic job. 19 years. Camp Breakaway for 24 yeah. years. She's a, she's a saint. And for all the volunteers here and all the carers and everyone that's making this day a, a fantastic day. And as we mentioned, very, very uplifting for everyone involved. Yep. I'll say it again, my favourite outside broadcast of the year. As she said, these volunteers have a heart of gold and that's all you need. Yep. Uh, and you will be inspired, you will be uplifted, you will certainly be grateful for what you have in life. Um, our t- uh, text topic today, some of the most controversial moments or scandals in sport. We've had numerous come through. Uh, obviously, we're here for Chemist Outlet for discount medication. Choose Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day. Uh, but the... Uh, 
Our text topic. You got another one, have you? Yeah, got another one. Oh, mate, uh, just, coming just coming here. This one's coming from our our regular one from uh, from Cairns, and he's a bit of a uh, a wrestling fan. Obviously, the Vince McMahon scandal oh. that's going on at the moment. Gotcha. Yes. So he's, he's our wrestling man, actually. In UFC, he had the UFC. Where's the strike bowler? Where's he? The strike bowler. Is he there at uh, all? Is he hang on. Yes. Yes. Hang on. Back up the top. You got one from the strike bowler. He, he's come back to the NFL. The Tim Brady deflate gate. Remember the, the Super oh, Bowl with the ball. With ball, ball the, uh, yeah, yes, of course. The ball. So, there you go. Right. So, so yes. That's the fast bowler. He's got one in there. Another one we've got coming here is obviously the Melbourne Storm salary cap scandal. Gee, we've uh, we've covered a whole range of sports. It's fantastic, yeah. and our listeners have been absolutely brilliant in terms of what they've come up with. Uh, can you play that Viva Las Vegas thing again, please? Viva Las Vegas. Right. Uh, round zero, as they're calling it, and we touched on the Rabbitohs versus the Seagulls. I've got to tell you, looking at these two lineups, versus v Broncos, they're not bad either. <laughs> if we if we're talking about the four best fullbacks in the game, and we're probably not. There's that many fullbacks, but we've got James Tedesco versus Reese Walsh. That's probably as good as it gets. We've got Billy Smith in the centre versus Katoni Staggs. Joseph Manu up against Selwyn Cobbo. Uh, Suwalihi, uh, Dean Mariner. Harves, Kiri and Marm, Ezra Mam. Uh, Sam Walker, Adam Reynolds. Didn't he, have a, didn't he have a good season? He just signed again, Adam Reynolds, for another year. Yeah. Picked up another year. Well done from the uh, Broncos. Uh, ben, uh, the Roosters have picked up Spencer Lenu from... Yeah. The Panthers, which I think is a really, really good buy. Um, Brandon Smith, Lindsay Collins, Siwa Wong, Tupanua's back, uh, and Victor the Inflictor. Um, and i got to say, you look at the Broncos lineup, it's their forward pack. Haas, uh, Jordan Ricky, Patrick Carrigan. It's, mate, this is going to be a really good contest as well. So I'm going to put a question to you, Butch. This is probably not even so much about the game tomorrow, but about the season overall and where the sides are going to finish so much. So so the Roosters, once again, everyone's talking up, up the Roosters. They're going to be they look like you know, the challenging Penrith for the title. Have they fixed their halves problem that they've had for a number of years now? Uh, look, I don't know whether they've fixed it, right? Uh, like, obviously, Sam Walker was dropped last year. Luke Keary played a role and a, and a good role. And again, I don't know. I don't know how much Luke Keary has got in terms of better seasons in him. Right, I think he's at that point now where, you know, like most players, you you get to the point in your career, you're having more decent games, yeah. but great games. Yeah, they're not as prevalent as they once were. Yeah, right. And this, for me, would be the test for the Warriors this year. After the success they had last year, I'm looking at um, uh, Sean Johnson. Yeah. I, I don't know whether he could have another season like he had last year. Played the majority injury-free, which is probably the first time in... <sighs> who knows? Exactly. And he was one of those players who could have... He could play an amazing game and then you won't see him for another six weeks. Yeah. I hope that doesn't happen for the Warriors. I hope he feels comfortable and I hope that he can actually produce again. Uh, similarly with the, the, the Roosters, I don't know whether they've fixed that. Sam Walker, is he the answer for them? I don't know. It, it appears he is at the moment and maybe that time back 
uh, in New South Wales Cup. Um, maybe that extra uh, pre-season behind him might be enough for him to um, have that confidence and steer this side around the park. But um, for me, the way they play is obviously with Victor Radley. He does a lot of that stuff in around the halves uh, or as a first receiver, similar to what um, Isaiah Yeo does for yep. uh, the Panthers. Panthers yeah. And he's very effective at that. And obviously on the back of that, Cleary um, plays you know, the style that he needs to, depending on the situation of the game. So you've got the Broncos, obviously got to replace Farnsworth and also Flegler. So that's going to be two big, big losses for them as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Flegler going to the Dolphins. Both of them to the Dolphins? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And good pickups there for mm. for them. Um, yeah, big loss Flegler, I believe. Corey Jensen comes in to replace him. Um, yeah, I don't think, I don't think their bench is as strong yeah. uh, as... The, uh, the Roosters but nevertheless you know again we can talk about you know the, the difference in the size of the field and, and yeah. what impact that's going to have on the game and yeah. um, I, I think you know a lot of teams will probably have to adjust their style and will probably see a lot more change of direction yeah. uh, in this instance and you know maybe a lot of inside balls etc to, to try and break up the defense but they're going to be a lot closer together so again makes it very very hard Rob you two wins uh, I think I'm going to go the Broncos um, you know I'm predicting them to have another very big season uh, in 2024 I don't know whether they're going to be able to do enough to to get themselves where they were last year grand final and possibly go on to uh, the premiership uh, time will tell uh, but what, what I will say is that Reese Walsh is probably a player that they're going to be relying on heavily uh, in terms of their attacking ability. Adam Reynolds, we know what you're going to get from him, right? He's going to deliver each and every week. Payne Haas, you know, arguably the best front rower in the game. Uh, and then you've got the likes of a, a Carrigan and a Jordan Rickey, who probably two of the youngest and, and best back rowers in the game. Um, they... Yeah, they're going to be strong. So I think the Broncos will get the job. Uh, the the other game, uh, the Rabbitohs and the Seagulls, I, I actually think it's almost a toss of the coin. Mm. I think the Seagulls could be the dark horse. I think that comes down to what happens with Luke Brooks and, and what impact he can have at the club. And I think it's probably going to be a good one. I think he's probably going to go to a club now where he's got that, you know, a, a, a Daly Sherry Evans there mm. um, who will, you know, the pressure's off Luke Brooks. He can just play his style. Yeah. And so he can add to that Manly team. And obviously, Trebojevic is the big X factor. If he if he plays 15-plus games, well, he probably needs to play 18-plus yeah. games, to be honest with you. Um, plays 18-plus games, then, you know, they're probably going to win yeah. 80% of those games that he plays in. Yeah. The if, only thing I would say about the Seagulls, it's not healthy to have that, though, is it? It's not healthy to have the reliance on one player to have to play 18-plus games for you to have a... A really successful season. Yeah, yeah, correct. And, you know, we talk about the Aussies and how they haven't yeah. relied on players and they've still had that success. That is, you know, something that, you know, they're very fortunate to be in that uh, position. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think uh, the Rabbitohs, look, they were disappointing last year. I think if that doesn't stir them up, yeah. if that doesn't create some sort of hunger within them, um, then... Yeah, on paper, they're well and truly good enough. There is no doubt about that. The talent they've got there, is that going to be enough? Time will tell. Time will tell. 
Oh, we've got another text come through. Oh, boys, the Badger is back. I oh, know, sorry. we got sorry, the Maradona one. No, we've already, already got that one no, there. No, no, so we've got that one there. We can't forget. But that, we've got another one here, though. This is a swimming one, though. Oh, OK. So remember back in the 2004 Olympic trials when Ian Thorpe disqualified because he, he oh, broke early. Oh. So they automatically ruled him out. Craig Stevens qualified for the event. Stepped aside. Thorpe was given his position, went on to win gold. Correct. I do remember that. And... If you're talking about good gestures, that's one of them well and truly right there. Uh, we'll take a quick break. Uh, you're listening to the Saturdays on the Coast. We're here for Chemist Outlet. For discount medication, choose Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day. Stop paying full price for prescriptions and medication. Visit Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Saturdays on the coast. We're coming to you live from your Minor Beach Surf Club. What a great day it has turned out to be. Disabled Surfers Association of Australia, they're down here. They're doing their bit. Uh, 60 surfers hitting the waves with over 200 volunteers. And we spoke earlier to Pauline Meniscus, who uh, one of the OGs. Uh, who has a heart of gold and uh, has been here for 19 years helping out and doing her bit when it comes to uh, this event and program. They have four of them a year and uh, another one on the 6th of April, which will be coming to you again from the Minor Beach Surf Club. So uh, congratulations to all the team involved for everything they've done. Our text line, 0477 736 736. We've had plenty of texts come through. Your most controversial moments in sport scandals. We love it. And uh, we've had plenty thus far. Uh, we, will, we will recap those a little bit later on. Uh, but we're going to go to Butes' top three. Butes' top three. Number three, Burko. Cameron Green, 174, not out. Australia's new number four batsman. We've got some audio. We're going to put that on right now. O'Rourke delivers Green, backs away, swings up to deep mid-wickets, and bang, it carries again. Don't worry about the single, take it in sixes, 150 up from Cam Green, and he is growing in stature the longer that it goes. He's just realised he raises his bat, he gets a standing ovation around Basin Reserve. This is one hell of a moment for a young man in his test journey. Yeah, it was one hell of a moment, and uh, well done to Cameron Green. He's been put into the number four position, and, you know, a few question marks over it, but clearly the boy can bat. Oh, exactly, and they put him there because that's where he wanted to bat. That's yep. where he said his best position. They, all his other tests, he batted at number six. It doesn't seem bat four. Got an impeccable first-class record at batting at number four. Australia saw that. The, the internal Australia saw that. That's where they wanted him. Steve Smith moved out, and he showed them. Yeah. At 25 years of age. You know, he's got a big future. They say that. They say that. He's played a lot of tests now. Big future. Yeah. And he's got hands like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, gloves yeah, when it does. comes to, you know, that gully position. Yeah. Number two, Matilda's qualifying for the Olympics with a 10-0 win over Uzbekistan. This was on the back of their 3-0 win. Uh, qualified for the Olympics for the first time in many Olympics, but well done to the Matildas. Uh, probably more so for the fact that they, uh, for the 12th consecutive game, they have won... Uh, sorry, played in front of a full house. So, well done to the uh, the ladies there. They've done a fantastic job uh, and continue to put uh, soccer on the map or football, as I will say, the world game on the map. And my number one, 
goes to Peter Valandis. Talk about the 18th team. We're looking at PNG. He spoke earlier this week about a 20-team competition. And he's got, I think he's got three more years in his position as chairman. And whether he gets all the way through that three-year period, but it appears that whatever Peter Valandis says is going to happen will eventually happen. And, of course, taking, to the game, taking the game to Vegas. Like, that is... You know, I guess there was plenty, plenty of people who, oh, I don't know whether they doubted that it would happen or whether it would have the impact that it has. But I guess one thing we do know about Peter Valandis, he puts a lot of thought into what he does, right? You think about what he's done in the racing industry with the Everest. This is no different now, right? And he just seems to have absolutely nailed it with this uh, trip to Vegas. So, well done to Peter Vlandis. That is my top three. Have you got top three? I've got top three. Yeah. So, my number three goes to Jordan Thompson. Tennis player won his first ATP title. Yes. His early 30s lost Cabos Open. He actually made the final. He actually he was in his quarterfinal. He was down six love, three love. Yep. And come through, won that. Beautiful. Number two, our very own Tom Slingsby. Oh, yeah. The Sale Grand Prix in Sydney, the first win for the season. They actually lead the series. And my number one goes to Cam Green, 174, not out. Um, yeah. Coming, coming of age. He certainly man. is coming of age, and he's in at the moment, uh, not out. Uh, I think Australia are four for something, uh, close to 100, I would imagine. Nearly a 300-odd lead, so uh, sitting pretty comfortably at the moment. They'd probably like to get 350, 400, plenty of time in the game, so that's not going to be an issue. And that uh, that pitch can't get any greener, so it's going it's certainly going to dry out. I couldn't tell the difference between the pitch and the outfield. Uh, but that's uh, on them, uh, and it sort of backfired, I would imagine. It appears to be. Uh, we're here for Chemist Outlet. Stop paying full price for prescriptions and medication. Visit Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day. We'll be back after this break. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Stop paying full price for prescriptions and medication. Visit Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. We're on the run home, Saturdays on the Coast. Coming to you live from your minor beach surf club. And had a pretty good show, Burke. You've got a couple more controversial moments. This is our text topic, which has been an absolute hit today. Tell us some of your most controversial moments or scandals in sport. We've had a whole range of them, mate. Uh, come on, give me a couple more. I've got one here from On The Water. On the water, we've got, yes. We've got such a, a okay. wide range today. Remember the um, the women's eight final, the Olympics. Sally Robbins, oh, aka lay down Sally, lay down Sally, dropped wow. her oar. See, that was a big scandal. Did she drop her oar? Did she just drop her bundle? Well, Get up! Yeah. Just row for me. Seriously, yeah, that so, was unbelievable. Yeah. That was unbelievable. We've had the hand of God from the bald badger. We've had Harry Hudson. Uh, Texas through. Horse racing. Horse racing. Uh, we've had Lance Armstrong, Tiger Woods. Jane Saville. We had oh, Jane Saville, of course we did. Tiger Woods, you mentioned. Yeah, Tiger Woods. Fine cotton, the horse oh, racing scandal. Fine cotton. Tonya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan. Good one. Kneecapping. That's not sc- yeah, <laughs> We've had the peptide scandal with the Sharks and, of course, uh, Essendon with their drug saga. Oh, Valentine Hose has one for us. Oh, I was just going to say, just live golf in general. Just oh, from day oh, one. Been- <laughs> there you go. Wow. Controversial. Yeah, wow. controversial. I'll <laughs> tell you what, it's made people very, very rich. That's <laughs> all I know. Wow, God oh, bless them and lucky. And, those- get, and the under, underarm. 
Oh, uh, the underarm trip at Chapel. Sandpaper gate. Whew. A lot of scandals, isn't there, really, when you when you think about it? But a lot of sport going on. We, we, we thrive on scandal, though. Yes, we do. Social, we love it. We love it. The yes. social media certainly uh, you get away with nothing now. Soak it up. Soak it up. Uh, last week, mate, I was off to the senior, uh, the junior state cup up at Coffs Harbour. We had Charmaine Sini on the week before talking about, you know, uh, how strong Central Coast Oztag is on the on the coastie, uh, and that was reflected in their results. I think uh, I don't know the exact numbers. Something along the lines of if there was 14 teams up there, uh, there would have been 13 teams that made the finals, yeah. as in quarters, semis. Yeah. I think there was four teams that went on to actually win their divisions. Yeah. Um, bearing in mind that a couple of weeks before at Penrith, two more won there. Uh, and there was another four teams that made finals, as in grand final. So it was a, an outstanding result. They end up being uh, the club champion. Uh, again, uh, I don't know how many years, but it has been, let's call it a dynasty. Yep. Uh, and, and the biggest challenge now is uh, for the Central Coast and uh, is heading to the Nationals. A lot of teams will combine their regions yes. come together. So the likes of the Tigers, for example, which are based out in Western Sydney, they have the Hills Bulls and Camp, uh, sorry, Nepean, which are both really strong associations. They come together as one. Yeah, right. So Central Coast still stand alone. Yeah. So that's the challenge. So um, there's plenty of work ahead for all the coaches, uh, uh, but uh, congratulations to Charmaine and her team and, of course, the... Uh, all the players that competed up there, not only from the Central Coast, but also from um, uh, all parts. That's That'll do us, mate. That's our show. We're here for Chemist Outlet for discount medication. Choose Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day.